Hello, 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 my friends, how are you today? I hope you are having a good Monday. Yes, I'm popping up like a gopher in the snow because I've just been having a lot on my mind lately and I wanted to dump, disengage, brain Vesuvius, Yellowstone reason coming out the eyeballs directly sprayed at you. I wanted to uh, to share and, of course, to ask the questions about what's going on in your life and what you're thinking about. But um, my inbox, my inbox, my friends, she be full. She be full, yea, verily, to the bursting point like a zeppelin in a condom. And a, a lot of the questions are, dude, why are you, why you know politics? Why, why are you know politicking? These days, we need you. You're desperately required. Your sword and shield are necessary on the vanguards of blah, blah, blah. Right. So uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, they say never complain, never explain. But uh, I think, you know, you guys have been around for a long time. Those hardcore supporters who were still with me on this particular aspect of the journey. And I wanted to, uh, well, tell you what's what's going on. I'm going to lay out the case <laughs> pretty clearly. And trust me, this case is not just about me. I'm going to lay out. It's not just about me. Is there ever not a lot on your mind? Uh, yes, since I went bald. I, not a lot on my mind. So um, I'm going to tell you. Uh, oh, let, let's let's go. Let's do our highs. Let's do our let's do our let's be civil and do our highs. Five minute rule. Class can leave. Oh yeah, sorry, a few minutes late. Dump away. Is there ever? Yeah, okay. Good morning, Stefan and chat. Uh, I downloaded. I re-downloaded this app just for Steph. Well, that seems entirely wise to me. Hi, Steph. Uh, somebody says, I started a new career today in AI development after years in academia. Thanks, Steph, for the motivation to be more impactful. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, where do you think the transgender stuff comes from in terms of gender confusion, pronouns, etc.? Uh, I will tell you that uh, at some point. Uh, ciao, Steph. Hello, Steph. Hello, hello. And what do we got here? Uh, Steph, I've always had high empathy but get manipulated by people. Now I'm near total cynicism about people don't know how to live like this. Uh, so you don't have high empathy if you allow yourself to be manipulated because manipulation, serving up subservience to people who manipulate you, is a very bad thing to do because it feeds the worst devils of their nature. It's bringing drink to a drunk. It's bringing drugs to an addict. Uh, you do not have high empathy for people if you allow yourself to be manipulated by them. The reason why you allow yourself to be manipulated is because you were manipulated by your parents. I'm just going to go straight up because this is a hardcore crowd. I don't need any caveats, right? The reason you allow yourself to be manipulated, my friend, is because you were manipulated by your parents and they need you to continue to be manipulated so that you normalize their behavior and don't get mad at them. So that's why, uh, straight up, why you get manipulated by people. Uh, it, it always comes back to the family, almost always anyway. So uh, what else have we got here? Dobar dan, Stefan. Hopefully I didn't say something rude in Norwegian. Um, hello. Hello from Norway. Love your shows. Mwah. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. My girlfriend has stopped spanking but doesn't feel it's wrong. I won't apologize to our son, who we both spanked. Ooh. See, my girlfriend has stopped spanking. I thought that was going to be an entirely different kind of communique, but uh, won't apologize. Okay, so 
Uh, I'll give you the 101 on what's going on with women, right? Which is really the 911 of what's going on. So how do you destroy a culture? There's lots of different ways you destroy a culture. But one of the most fundamental ways that you destroy a culture is you inflame and inflate women's vanity to the point where they never feel that they're wrong and therefore they can't be corrected and therefore blindfolded they grab the wheels of society and drive us all off a fucking cliff. Okay, that's that's how you destroy. So when you see, I remember uh, being at a country fair years ago. My daughter was maybe seven or eight years old and we were at this fair and this guy came up uh, and wanted to put a, a sort of one of those rubber bracelets on my daughter. And he said, uh, you know, uh, we're for female empowerment. You know, I want you to feel empowered. I'm like, dude, get it back off. Get away from my daughter, you creep. I don't want you telling her. And it's like, why? What's wrong with being empowered? It's like you t- when you tell her that you want her to feel empowered, you're implying that she doesn't feel empowered already. So please, you know, I mean, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, I've got a great diet book for you, is it because you're lean? No, it's because they think you're fat, right? So just get the hell away from my daughter with this empowerment stuff. So what happens is you praise women as being virtuous and empathetic and better than everyone else and caring and concerned and, and, and wise and all that kind of crap, right? You, you simply, the, the way you destroy people most effectively is through praise, right? Through unwarranted, unjust praise, right? There's a psychologist many years ago who said that if you want to be absolutely certain to produce a criminal, then what you do is you have him raised usually by a single mother who excuses every bad thing that he does. You know, he was a good boy. He was turning his life around. He didn't do anything wrong, blah, 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 right? So praise is a very dangerous environmental toxin. And what happens is if you praise women, then what happens is they believe that they're right just by breathing. They can't be corrected. They can't be, uh, they, they don't take any feedback and they can't be managed. Now, I don't mean that men should manage women because women should manage men. Why is society going progressively insane? Because we've had a year of people being home alone. You know, you live alone. Like, I'm sorry to tell you this if you live alone, but if you live alone, uh, and, and you don't have significant social contact, you don't have feedback, you don't have people in your life who care you enough to set, uh, about you enough to set you straight when you go off the rails. If you live alone, you will go slowly insane. I have seen this play out a multiple times. In, uh, we're social animals. You know, we're so, this is why for many, many years I said, settle down, get married, you never know what's going to happen. Settle down, get married, you never know what's going to happen. And a lot of my listeners did, and congratulations to you. Now you're still getting regularly laid. You're getting great feedback. You have somebody who pushes back against the glowing and growing insanity that we all have because we all kind of live in this skull cage prison of subjectivity, right? And we need philosophy. We need other people pushing back against our craziness. We, we go insane on our own, we, and you need... You know, like if you just eat what tastes good, you'll you'll get sick, right? If you just don't feel like exercising and don't exercise, you you'll get flaccid, right? We we go slowly insane on our own. So the way that you make people crazy is you pump them full of so much vanity that they don't take critical feedback. And when they don't take critical feedback, they go insane. And the more crazy they get, the less they can take critical feedback. And I've said this a million times on the show. Man's great weakness is status. And women's great weakness is vanity. Vanity. And so you pump women up with all of this, women are wonderful crap. And I think women are wonderful, but like all of us, they need critical and creative feedback. And then they just can't be corrected. 
And when they can't be corrected, they become insufferable pretty quickly. Birth rates go down, divorces go up, and you wreck the culture. It's, uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. So um, I think you need to kind of explore uh, your girlfriend. Uh, and <laughs> sounds probably worse than it is. But you need to explore your girlfriend and say, okay, well, tell me a time where you've been wrong and I've been right. And if she says, basically, she can't think of a time, so isn't that a problem? How can it possibly be that I'm always wrong and you're always right? Is that something that's male to female, like women are always right? Is it something that you're slumming it with someone? In other words, is there a man out there who could be right at least 10% of the time? In other words, why are you slumming it with me if you're so wise that you're always right and I'm so retarded that I'm always wrong? Why on earth are you with me? Is it just to feel vain? And then aren't you at least wrong about being with me if I'm so incompetent that I'm never right? So you've got to start to work these statistics into her mind because nobody's right all the time, right? So, uh, what else have we got here? Lots of DLive channels have been demonetized. That is entirely correct. That is entirely correct. Um, I think those DLive channels that are not video game-centric and that are based on um, adults' content, the politics, and I don't know what else, but yeah, they've just been uh, demonetized. Stefan, to be honest, your shows have been much more interesting without politics. Well, I gotta tell you, I think so. I think so. And listen... I tell this to my daughter all the time, right? Success is failure. If you want to maintain a plateau of success in your life, you're deluding yourself, right? Why was I deplatformed? Because I was very successful. My daughter plays Among Us, and I play with her, and she's wicked smart. <laughs> she's like crazy good at this game, coming up with strategies and connections and manipulations that leave me staggered and in the dust. I would love to live uh, for five minutes in her brain and remember that neuroplasticity and brilliance of youth. And uh, certainly in that game, she's way smarter at it than I am, way better at it than I am. And um, so um, what happens is when we play, and we play uh, on, on chat, right, voice chat. So what happens, because she's so good at Among Us, she gets voted off pretty quickly because <laughs> people are just afraid or terrified of her sussing abilities. Uh, or they're, uh, the the, uh, the imposters are scared of her, of her sussing ability, so she's kind of hunted down. So it's like success is failure. Because you're so good at the game, you will... People, people because you're so good at, at like lying, basically, the game is... It, it's lying like poker is lying, like you've got a poker face, but that's not really lying, right? So people stop believing you, they stop, uh, and, and they'll vote you off uh, because they can't figure out what's true or what's false about what you're saying, and then you're being hunted by the imposters, and so success is... A failure. That's just the way things work. If you expect a sustained situation, it's not uh, going to work out. And I was talking with a friend of mine, a new friend, actually, I just met through the show. Uh, just before the show, I was chatting with a friend, and um, we were talking about Star Wars. And I like the first three Star Wars, and I think they're just complete trash after that. And I think there's two main reasons for that. One is that the first Star Wars just had such unbelievably talented and charismatic actors that they were able to surmount the rather terrible dialogue. And also because there was less CGI, virtually no CGI at the beginning, right? So the actors kind of had to work with each other a lot more. And so you had very talented actors. I mean, all of them went on to do great things, with the exception of George Hamill, who showed up at Wing Commander 3, if I remember rightly. But um, Carrie Fisher went on to, she was in Woody Allen movies. She wrote a biography, uh, Postcards from the Edge. She was in more movies. And um, Harrison Ford, of course, uh, is a great, uh, great actor, a very charismatic actor and uh uh, what was it? Um, 
Ugh. Alec Guinness. Sir Alec Guinness was a well-known actor. Boy, you see him in Bridge Over the River Kwai or as Fagin in, Great Expect- uh, in, in Oliver Twist is a completely terrifying and powerful actor. He actually made more money from the Star Wars movies than from the rest of his career combined. But even he dropped out of the second one saying, I just I can't do this dialogue anymore. It's just too terrible because he'd worked with some really great script writers in the past. Dickens, of course, being one of them, so to speak. So why did they fail? Well, he just... So in the first movies, he had to prove himself. So he had a lot of pushback from people saying, this needs to be improved. This isn't good enough. We need to review the audition footage. We need to help you find the best actress because studios were pouring a lot of money into a rather unknown film, right? In Star Wars. But then, of course, once the, fail- once the success of the first couple of Star Wars films happened, then he could basically write his own creative ticket. He didn't have that kind of pushback that happened. And so... He didn't end up casting actors who were nearly as good. And I tell you, it takes a pretty talented anti-director to get a boring performance out of Ewan McGregor. But success is failure. And I know they made money and all of that, but artistically they're just about as uh, erect as a, a cock made out of tapioca. So uh, anyway, yeah, it's, uh, I, I appreciate that. No, lemons aren't turned off. Uh, they're just D-Live has demonetized people. So again, freedomain.com forward slash donate if you could really uh, – Help out, I would, uh, I would appreciate. I would appreciate that. Good evening from Sweden. Bullied to Death program is interesting. We'll complete it tomorrow. Thank you very much. The never-ending quest for equality has turned into unwarranted ethnic worship by liberals. Well, no, liberals, I mean, if you look at all the laws, right, if you look at all the laws that are promoted, the laws always protect people who vote for the left, right? So um, they protect in general blacks, they protect Hispanics, they protect women, uh, and and so on, right? So they will generally work very, very hard to put in policies that protect and enrich the people who vote for the left. And people on the right tend to be more egalitarian in opportunity and universalist in their ethics, right? So it just doesn't work. Like there was a bunch of people praising this teenager on a uh, kid, really, turned in his dad to the FBI because his dad was involved in the invasion of the Capitol that happened, uh, was it January 6th or something? Man, it's a fast move in 2021. And people are like, good for you, good for you, you know, way to stand on principle, turning in your father for illegal actions or improper actions or whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, I can understand the ethics behind that. But you think Hunter Biden's going to do that with Joe? <laughs> I don't think so. So praising all of this uh, turn on your family stuff when the liberal families stick together like uh, the Corleones, just kind of funny, right? Uh, let's see here. If I can't give Stefan all of my lemons, what is this website even for? I don't know. Uh, somebody says, it's true, I live alone, I'm going slowly insane, but I work 10 hours a day, so I get some remote feedback. Well, I appreciate that, and... Uh, you know, st- stay in touch with people. I hope these, shelps, uh, these uh, shows help a little uh, in terms of just a little contact and, and clarity of thought and so on, right? Uh, actually, you got me to ease off the politics as well, Steph. One of the best things I've done. Well, I appreciate that. We cannot donate while your X tag is on. What the? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Is that right? Because, you know, I'm certainly not doing any nudity. Well, not yet. Anyway, it depends how all this deplatforming goes, of course. But uh, anyway, well, let's g- g- take another couple of questions and I'll launch into my politics stuff with a uh, great uh, thanks to everyone, of course, for dropping by today. It's uh, such a pleasure to chat with you guys. Uh, it really is. I mean, I, I don't take it for granted. I am massively uh, thrilled to um, not to chat with you guys uh, and, and have all of this uh, 
loveliness in our conversations. All right. Let's see here. Is it okay to network with people you don't know too well yet? Like add on Facebook and stuff. I can't really answer that. I'm, I need to know more. Uh, DLive did a purge and X tagged virtually all political content. Yeah, that's right. So they got criticized. Um, uh, who was it? Baked Alaska or something like that was getting money. And so that can't be happening because reasons, you know, because you see people getting money radicalizes them unless it's Soros money. <laughs> In which case, that's totally fine. It doesn't radicalize anyone. Uh, Steph, how can such a thing as outgroup preference be a thing? I remember you mentioning it before, but I don't understand how it works. Okay, so liberals, um, particularly liberal women, have outgroup preferences. And the reason they have outgroup preferences is because of in-group preference. In other words, if they don't have outgroup preference, they will be shunned by their fellow liberals. So it is still an in-group preference. It's just that's the price of in-group preference for these people. So. Uh, I disagree with your assessment of the Star Wars prequels. They may not have been good Star Wars movies, but I thought they were good movies. Uh, I don't know what prequels means. I was just going in, in sequence. No, the, the ones with Hayden Christensen were terrible. They were t I haven't seen a good Star Wars movie since the third one that came out. Um, uh, the Empire, no, Empire Strikes Back was great. Uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, and that was it. After that, they were just terrible. Uh, do you think Trump stepping out and preparing his own TV network, social media payment processor, and the Patriot Party is part of the plan? There's no plan. There's no plan. There's no plan. There's no plan. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the X tag may have been imposed on you and not selected by you. DLife wants you to migrate off this platform, apparently. Yeah. I'm surprised you were sitting. Oh, I got so sick and tired of that studio. I mean, I've been in that studio, I mean, 10 years straight. I just set something else up outside just so I don't have to no politics please just stick to the peaceful parenting and RTR stuff hmm. I was inspired by your content to start a podcast related to crypto deplatforming and big tech are you open to coming on the podcast sure shoot me an email I'm, I'm sure that would be fun look how they treated Fuentes don't bow to the lemon king <laughs> glad to see the Monday stream I told you that uh, I would try and do more right R Rouge one rogue one <laughs> Rouge one Rouge one. <laughs> Had to do your mascara. Phantom Menace was absolute garbage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just terrible. Steph, do you like what Poland is doing about tech citizenship? If you move there, you could get all of your accounts back. No, it seems like a bit of a... I love Poland. I did a whole documentary on the Polish anniversary in 2018. You should check it out. Freedomain.com forward slash documentaries. And um, so Poland, I think they're imposing a fine of like $2 million if legal speech is censored. A speech which is legal in Poland is, is censored. And, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, with Parler gone, where can I follow you? So you can go to freedomain.com forward slash connect, and there's tons of places that uh, we, can still, we can still go, right? The ladies love Hayden Christensen. Really? He's such a sous chef. He just, uh, he, he just had that weird, pouty, surly, resentful... He played evil... Like Selena Gomez stubbed her toe. Uh, it was really terrible, right? Steph, do you believe any organizations or individuals we know of are controlled opposition? Or do you know any examples in history of it? Well, of course, with... Con so controlled opposition, um, well, Q, Q is kind of interesting, right? Why don't they find out where Q came from? So important, right? 
So it's very important. How would a society solve the issue of women voting in socialism without compromising women's rights? Um, well, so for those of you who don't know, and you probably should know this by now, but it's worth mentioning, uh, I'm an advocate for a, a stateless society in the same way that you're an advocate for a slave-less society. So in a stateless society, there is no possibility that socialism can be imposed. There is no uh, possibility that mass migration can be imposed. There's no possibility that national debts can be imposed. And there's no possibility that the war on drugs can be imposed. And there's no possibility that invasive and destructive foreign wars can be imposed. And there's no possibility that nation building or empire building could be imposed. And there's no possibility that government education, quote, education, could be imposed. So a, a free society is a society without a state. A state is a violation of the non-aggression principle. And when you universalize the non-aggression principle, it's the greatest quantum leap forward in human society, in human flourishing, in human morality that could possibly be conceived of. Uh, it would be even greater than the end of slavery, which would be the closest equivalent that happened in history. So as long as you have a government, then the government will buy votes from the people by promising them security in return for liberty. And people will get liberty and security at the same time by passing the debt for their security onto the next generation in the same way that, what was it, Ilda May, someone or other, the first woman to get old age pensions paid like 45 cents in taxes and got, you know, the equivalent of tens of thousands of dollars in pension value. Well, she didn't pay for that, obviously. So the, what happens is the government says, oh, we can give you security and liberty. Uh, and at the same time, because they don't raise taxes enough to pay for the security, which is where the national debt comes from. The national debt is there to create the illusion that you can have security and liberty at the same time. And by security, I simply mean the government paying for accidents or mistakes that you didn't plan for or get insurance for or deal with. So, yeah, it's, you know, unfortunately, man, I thought mankind might learn the lesson from the quarter of a billion people slaughtered by governments outside of war in the 20th century, but it looks like we're going to have to learn that lesson the hard way. So, uh, how did you meet Dr. Pesta? So, I met Dr. Pesta when I was at a conference and he was giving a presentation and uh, we fell to chatting and uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. Uh, let's see here. Do you still chat with Owen Benjamin? I uh, never chatted with Owen Benjamin, other than I think we did one or two shows together years ago, but uh, I've never chatted with him really outside of my show. I agree with Fox Day that genius is about accomplishment, not IQ. What do you think? Well, IQ is necessary but not sufficient uh, for these kinds of things, so you can have smart people who do nothing with their lives. Hayden is called Space Bay online. <laughs> really? Petulant G Teen Jedi, yeah. Hayden Christensen, really angry. He just looks like he um, he sharded himself, right? Uh, the problem with the prequels was mostly the direction. The actors were given such little help. Um. So, no, the actors. So the actors. It's the actors' job. I was a director and an actor uh, in in the past. So, the. Actor proposes, the director disposes. In other words, I and, and any decent actor, if you're given a role that's underwritten, where the motivations are not clear, you fight very hard for the integrity of your character, right? You fight very hard. And you say, listen, if, you, if I'm supposed to be, like, if you want to know how evil develops, you look at something like Macbeth, right? Uh, something like that. Uh, you don't look at, at Star Wars, right? So how do you end up being evil? Well, first of all, of course, you have to be abused as a child. You have to start acting out that abuse against other children. And if you have to accumulate 
your moral transgressions to the point where there's no possibility of restitution. You can't go back and apologize and make people's lives better for the evils that you've done, and then you just double down, hit the gas until you self-destruct spiritually or physically. So if Hayden Christensen had half an ounce of intelligence or intellectual integrity or artistic integrity, he would have said to George Lucas, this character, the arc doesn't make any sense. It, like the, the whole arc of the character just does not, it does not explain why he becomes evil. You know, this does not, this is not, you know, Hannah Arendt, you know, the banality of evil, there's something to be talked about with regards to that. So you can do a lot of interesting work on the development of evil, and I've done a lot of it. You can look at thebombinthebrain.com for more on that. The development of evil is really, really fascinating. It's a very deep, rich, and complex topic, and Hayden Christensen should have said, I can't act this because you're creating someone who becomes just about the most evil person in the known universe, and there's no set of dominoes here that makes sense for this character progression. So he should have pushed back against that, but uh, I guess he was too busy curling his eyelashes or some, some shit like that, right? Ah, right. Um, the women also loved Emo Vader from the sequels. Don't trust women's taste in men. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing, right? So, it's a little, little bit of Steph story here, if, if this is of interest to you. I think it will be. So, if you ever want to get bad advice on dating, listen to single moms talking to their sons. Because single moms will say to their sons, oh, well, you know, you see women, they want to be treated with delicacy and with respect. You need to put them on a pedestal. You need to listen. You need to obey, blah, 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 and worship them and so on, right? But then the single moms always end up getting together with these completely unshaven, crotch-rotted Neanderthals who treat them like garbage. So you have the words, the honeyed words of the single mother pouring into your ear about how women need to be worshipped and, and you won't get a woman if you don't worship her, and then the single moms end up dating brutal, dangerous, dumb, destructive men, completely the opposite. It's like they're training their sons to never have uh, children. Uh, and uh, when, when I was growing up, I mean, some of the men that my mother dated were dangerous, uh, creepy, weird, perverse, dangerous people to be trapped in the house with. So you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Trump has controlled opposition. Four years of complaining about things he had the problem to strike down with his pen. No, I don't think Trump has controlled opposition. I, I think that... Um, wow, there's, a, there's a whole big complex topic, and maybe I'll do a whole separate show on that, but sort of the, the post-mortem on Trump. I mean, so Trump's, Trump's two big failings, two big failings were, number one, um, he should have cleaned house. Right? I mean, I said this way back. Like, I was really, really disgusted back at the time when he didn't get rid of Obama leftovers and appointed all these swamp creatures like John Bolton, for God's sakes. So he appointed all these swamp creatures when he was supposed to be a radical break from political history. So he should have just fired everyone uh, who was a holdover from Obama. I mean, that's what Biden's doing right now with any Trump leftovers, right? So he should have just fired everyone and moved the right people in, the people who actually got him elected. But instead, he moved in a bunch of Obama holdovers, or he left them there, a bunch of never-Trumpers, some swamp creatures, and so on. I don't know why. Maybe he's just not good at hiring people, maybe. And he also wasn't good at defending his people. He should have stuck with General Flynn no matter what. Turns out General Flynn was right. And so um, he let other people make his hiring decisions for him. I assume by other people, we're just talking Jared, right? No matter who you vote for, you always get someone like Jared, right? And uh, that's number one. Number two... 
he preferred to govern with executive orders that could be undone the moment Biden gets into power, right? So he didn't go through the difficult and challenging process of getting laws passed. He just did executive fiats, which can be undone by the stroke of a pen. So, but again, you know, the guy was, poor guy was playing defensive for four years and all that, right? So anyway. Uh, Stefan, have you considered building a cabin outside for creative inspiration? There's some great how-to videos by Bush Radical on YouTube. Oh, it's a very interesting idea. I'll have to check into zoning. <laughs> when I had to finish a novel once, I rented a cottage in the middle of nowhere in the English countryside because that's where it was set. It was very good. All right. The only way to ensure evil cannot take the reins of power is to make sure that power is never consolidated and packaged for them to take. Yeah, sure, government is for evil. So, My fiancé and I have opposing views on feminism, and I'm trying to figure out how to explain to her that it does more harm than good. Well, because you want to explain that feminism is female supremacy, right? And it's, it's matriarchy on steroids through the power of the state, and it's unjust to men, and it's delusory to women. All right. Uh, do you think the government will end peacefully or violently? <laughs> I think everybody knows my answer to that. Stefan, how do you argue about race with someone who thinks that race is a social construct? My liberal friends believe this. It's sad. Well, of course, if race is a social construct, then we should get rid of all laws based on race. Obviously, should get rid of affirmative action, should get rid of any preferential policies for race. Uh, we should disband any uh, La Raza for Hispanics or the Black Congressional Caucus and all that. If race is a social construct, then we should get rid of all laws. I, I mean, to me, that would be a fair deal. You can, you can say that race is a social construct, but then we have to get rid of all laws based upon uh, a delusion, right? Steph's a good speaker, but quite feminine. Quite feminine. <laughs> I don't know. That's very interesting. Quite feminine. Because I make sort of silly jokes and stuff like that. If that's feminine, I don't know what you call comedians, right? I have never acted. I was told it was George Lucas's fault. Thanks for the insight. Everyone loves Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I never thought I'd get an in-depth analysis of Star Wars prequels qualities, yeah. Uh, how do you find out your IQ when you can't make it through the absolute boredom of taking an IQ test? Well, then your problem might be concentration, not necessarily IQ. All right. Steph, a friend of mine is deathly scared of speaking up. He is stuck in a situation where he needs answers for certainty, but is too scared. Well, he can call me in, but uh, he's not scared of speaking up. You've got to be, I'm sorry to be annoying, you've got to be precise in your language with regards to these things. You're, he's not scared of speaking up. He's scared of being punished by his parents, right? So when he was growing up, he spoke up, as all children do, right? Babies who don't speak up die, you understand? We all are vocal in asserting our needs and our preferences. How do we know that? Because if babies don't cry when they're hungry, they die, right? Because they don't get the nutrition and the hydration that they need. If babies don't wake up in the middle of the night or hungry and cry, then they die. So we're all born very vocal in asserting our needs and our preferences. No doubt, no question, that's how we all are. So society needs us to be vocal when we're babies, otherwise we die, and therefore the investment has been useless. But then the problem is if we continue to be vocal in our needs and preferences, we become vastly inconvenient to society. Like kids don't want to go to school, right? So and all kids, you know this, when you get dropped off at daycare, you cry and you cry and you cry and you hang on to your mom because you're a human being who wants to stay with a loved one rather than go in with a bunch of germ-ridden strangers and where the sociopathic low, lowest common denominator is going to rule the entire Lord of the Flies social hierarchy. 
but then it becomes inconvenient when you assert your needs. So parents usually, in, in conjunction with schools and sometimes religious leaders, they need to uh, destroy uh, children's opposition to that which is horrifying and appalling to them. And so he was heavily punished for speaking up in school, uh, at home, wherever. So he's not afraid of speaking up. He's afraid of being punished for having a preference, which is basically what society is these days, right? A single mom advised me to never have kids. Sure, yeah. And they will say that. Uh, they will say that to their kids, usually. Um, uh, single mothers will often say to their kids, I wish you'd never been born. You've ruined my life. Uh, my mother said, I hate these effing kids, blah, 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 right? So, yeah, it's really horrible. Uh, listen to the way that Kellyanne Conway talks to her daughter, who's 15 slash 16. The cops showed up. I mean, it's absolutely brutal levels of verbal abuse and desperation and horror. And I don't know what's happening with the family, but I don't know if she's a single mom, but I haven't heard a dad in the situation. All right. Let's see here. Is Tim Poole controlled opposition? Is Alex Jones Bill Hicks? I'm allowed to be asking. Am I allowed to be asking these questions? <laughs> you can ask whatever questions you want so you know for a lot and it's always it's always the question right when you when you are a commentator on things that people find interesting is it a gig or is it a calling right that's always the the balance that you have to write if it's a gig then you'll just say stuff to keep your views up and you'll try to make money and so on and then it's kind of like a gig and you'll navigate and you'll modify or moderate your message in order to not get deplatformed and and so on and so for those people who it's a gig you can't expect integrity and honesty from them because it's a gig right they, they've got a niche market and they're going to say stuff that's going to be interesting to their audience but they're not going to follow any particular train track of integrity into a dark tunnel of possible deplatforming right and I, you know, I wrestled with this, obviously. Uh, sometimes it felt like a gig, sometimes it... But I, I made the decision that it was a calling and that I was going to speak the truth and take the consequences. So, All right. Why are so many young white men turning to white nationalism? I've seen a rise in anti-Semitic views. I don't know. Are many young white men turning to white nationalism? I mean... So whites in America now, whites under 18 are a minority, and maybe they're concerned if they've looked at South Africa about where things might lead. Steph, greetings from Switzerland. What are your thoughts on assisted suicide slash assisted dying? Well, you can destroy your own property. It's not illegal, right? You can take a hammer to your own car if you want. It's not illegal. You can drop your tablet uh, off a balcony and break it. It's not illegal to destroy your own property, and your life is your own property. So why on earth would it be illegal to destroy your own property? Let's see here. Uh, all right. Steph, if a, if a woman has admitted to having a hookup, I feel she's a write-off. She doesn't value herself, so I can't value her. Is this wrong? Well, no. I mean, if, if it depends on the context, right? So if the woman said, oh, yeah, I, used to, I was programmed into having hookup culture being part of hookup culture which is allowing, I mean, let's be frank, right? Having sex with a virtual stranger is just masturbating with someone else's body. It's using one of Joe Rogan's old fleshlight, uh, but it's a human being, right? That was one of his early sponsors was a masturbatory device called the fleshlight, if I remember rightly. I could be wrong about that, but that's what I remember. So you're just masturbating with somebody else's body, 
And uh, I would imagine, of course, that for a lot of people, all they're doing is thinking of pornography during that time anyway. So it's really pretty empty, uh, pretty empty and, and vapid experience. And um, so, yeah, if the woman was like, well, that was a mistake and I shouldn't do that and that's bad and all of that, then, yeah, okay, she's learned something and it's a bitter lesson. But uh, but uh, I, and I saw this thing. <laughs> I posted it actually to some of my accounts. It was kind of an Econ 101, right? And it was a text message between a man and a woman. And the woman was saying, oh, yeah, so I have an OnlyFans. I just needed some money during the pandemic, and uh, it just kind of took off. It's not porn. It's just fun. It's not a big deal. Don't judge me, she said. Apparently terrifying for women. And the guy said, no, I'm not judging you. I mean, I think it's cool and entrepreneurial, but I'm not taking you out for dinner or anything like that. And she's like, hey, why not? And he said, look, I'm not spending... $200 $200 in three hours of my time, but I can pay six ninety nine and see you for, for see you naked anyway. <laughs> kind of important, right? Kind of important. Uh, even staff has been accused of being controlled opposition on some online forums I've seen. Yes, I am accused of just about everything under the sun. Can you enable comments on Telegram? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I could. But uh, I, there's only so much gay porn that anyone can absorb in one particular day. And the last time I turned comments on, uh, I got spammed with more uh, cocks than a chicken fair. So, who is your favorite stand up comedian? Boy, that's a good question. I haven't, I haven't watched stand up in, in a long time. Oh, back in the day, I went to go, I did see Stephen Wright live back when he thought that he was also a musician and people really wanted to hear him sing, which was kind of strange. But, uh, yeah, he could be pretty funny. Favorite stand-up comedian? I tried listening to Bill Hicks. I know he trashed me for a while, but uh, I tried listening to Bill Hicks. Okay, but... All right. What was the last good movie you watched? Oof. Good movie. Wow. Good movie. I'll have to think about that. I haven't watched many movies lately. Yeah, Dave Smith's funny. Okay, so listen, let me get... Uh, oh, look at here. I'm sitting a little bit to the left here. Okay, let me get let me get to the muscular meat of the matter. I have... Uh, I have the afternoon, my friend, so... Oh, get comfortable! Wait, was that too feminine? Oh, no! <laughs> Where should we send dick pics instead? Um, where should we send dick pics instead? Uh, you know, that's that's one of these philosophical questions that I'm really going to have to mull over. I'm really going to have to mull over. It's so sad, you know. Guys uh, guys would like, I'll send a dick pic. That's going to work. <laughs> like, how, how desperate do you have to be? How out of game do you have to be? It's like uh, I remember talking to a guy who was like, oh, yeah, I saw this really cute woman in a car. I was actually going to bump her so we'd have to exchange phone numbers. It's like, dude, <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. All right. Um, <laughs> let's get to... Uh, Let's get to uh, let's get the content of what we we can talk about today. All right. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a little bit of stuff, and I'm gonna go uh, techy tech again. What do we got here? Let's move over a little here. Ugh! All right. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, is that too wide? Is that too wide? Okay, so. Why am I not doing politics? Kind of the uh, kind of the question, right? So politics is done as far as America goes, right? So there's been a whole bunch of 
people upset with, with Biden, right? And they're mad at Biden because Biden's doing basically exactly what he said he was going to do. Now, of course, it's not really Biden. If you think Biden's running the show, um, I've got a hand puppet with no hand in it to sell you uh, as a gardener, right? But, uh, boy, that's a big cup, eh? I'm compensating for nothing. Nothing, I tell you. So, you, look, you know the way politics works. And I talked about this in my free book, Everyday Anarchy. You can get it at freedomain.com slash books. So we all know the way that politics works is that you send money and support and guarantee votes to a particular politician. And then that politician will do you favors in return, right? They'll pass some preferential legislation. They'll keep some competitor at bay. They'll give you subsidies. They'll raise the wages of your workers. They'll do something, right? That's how politics works. And it's, you know, pretty, pretty clear and pretty obvious. And the reason I put it into a book called Everyday Anarchy, it's a brilliant thesis, if I do say so myself. And the thesis is that, well, of course, we don't need governments to enforce contracts because government corruption is enforced not only in the absence of a contract, but it's specifically illegal to bribe a politician to do what you want, but it's how politics works anyway. So if illegal stuff is the foundation of how the state works, then we don't need the state to enforce contracts because the state currently functions in the opposite of a contract, which is something that's illegal but still enforced. So we've got all of these people, black groups, Hispanic groups, uh, unions, uh, all of these people getting really, really angry that Joe Biden campaigned to them, right, which is a scam campaign, just lied to them and promised them stuff, and it's doing kind of the opposite, right? And we all understand that, that uh, and that's kind of unusual for a politician to do, right? So we've got union leaders who are really angry that Joe Biden is canceling the pipeline, uh, that he's banned fracking on federal land and, and so on, right? So you've got union leaders, and the union leaders are calling up Biden saying, man, we got to talk. We're mad at you. we got to talk. And do you know what Biden is saying? <laughs> Biden is saying, yeah, you know, Give me a shout in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see. I don't really have any time right now. So he's just blowing them off. Now, that's not why. Listen, Joe Biden's been a politician uh, longer than I've been bald. Well, twice as long as I've been bald, right? So, so Joe Biden's been a politician for almost 50 years. So he knows that if people give you a bunch of money, you don't just blow them off right after the election. So what's he doing? What the hell is going on? <laughs> why is he breaking ranks from the whole point of being a politician which is to return favors to the people who got you elected. Why is he turning his back on the blacks and on the unions and on the women with the trans stuff and all that? Why? Well, because, because you idiots, like Ben Stiller on Friends, idiot, right? Because these people are just too dumb to breathe, right? I mean, they're just so dumb to breathe. It was completely predictable that Biden was going to turn his back on everyone who supported his election. Of course, because he doesn't need them anymore. He doesn't need them anymore. So, of course, union reps are going to be like, well, we're mad at you for canceling the Keystone Pipeline, and we're mad at you for joining the Paris Accord and killing American manufacturing while India and China get to release all of the Satan farts into the planet known to man. We're mad at you, so you got to listen to us. you gotta, you got you to gotta get us back. And, and why is it only $15 minimum wage for federal workers, not all workers? And he turned on us, and he screwed us, and I didn't want the military-industrial complex. And now Joe Biden is increasing troop deployments in Iraq and Syria, and the war is back on, baby. Military-industrial complex is back on like those marching hammers in Pink Floyd's The Wall. And he doesn't give a shit. Biden, honey badger style, just don't care. He's not taking their calls. He's not taking their meetings. He's openly telling them. Why is he doing things that is so obviously inflammatory? Like, why did he say when he was campaigning, you know, in the 12 minutes a day that he bothered to campaign, he didn't need to campaign because he knew he had it in the bag anyway for various reasons, which, uh, I don't know, people are getting in trouble for talking about. But 
He didn't bother campaigning because he knew he was going to win. And now he's just taunting people, right? So before the campaign, he was like, like before the election, he was like, Trump doesn't have a plan to deal with the pandemic, to bring it under control, to end this horror. I have a plan. I'm going to make it happen. And, and now he's like, right after the election, he's, uh, he's hilarious. I mean, he's like, well, there's nothing we can do to alter the trajectory of the pandemic over the next couple of months. I mean, you understand he's trolling you. He's just taunting you. He's laughing at you. He's laughing at the unions. He's laughing at the blacks. He's laughing at the feminists. He's laughing at the women. He's laughing at the Hispanic. He's laughing. <laughs> he's laughing. And he's got every right to laugh because these people are so stupid. So I'll, just for instance, I'll tell you what's happening with the unions, right? It's very, very clear. Very simple. So the unions got Biden elected, and Biden is now killing all their jobs. And they're mad at him, and they're demanding a meeting because they, they think they have some influence or power over him because, hey, man, we got you elected. And if, if we turn on you, we won't be there for you next time, and you won't get elected, and that's why he's supposed to be taking their meetings. But he's not taking their meetings. He's telling them to F off for another couple of weeks and then he won't take their meetings or it'll be some, you got to wait for two hours to see some junior person who's texting at the same time as he's pretending to listen. It's going to be complete exercise in humiliation, right? Well, why? Why? Because the coalition that elected Joe Biden, the coalition of blacks and Hispanics and women and socialists and leftists and environmentalists and feminists, and this whole coalition, he doesn't need any of them anymore. So they completely sharted their own polit political futures. They played themselves by getting Biden elected. And the reason for that is very, very simple. The reason that Joe Biden doesn't need anyone who got him elected and why he's blowing them all off and acting against their interests, the reason why Joe Biden doesn't need any of the people who got him elected is... He's going to legalize 20 to 30 million illegal aliens. He's going to give them a path to citizenship. He's going to make sure they're in the swing states. So guess what, union leaders? Guess what, feminists? Guess what, environmentalists? Guess what, socialists? Get, guess what, feels over real zombie heads? You just gave up every single shred of political influence you might ever have had by getting Joe Biden elected. It's so retarded and so obvious. And I talked about this years ago. This is nothing new. You just gave up every conceivable possibility of influencing the Biden administration by getting him elected because he's going to get 20 to 30 million votes out of the illegals. So he doesn't need you anymore. He doesn't need you. I mean, the, the votes are like the elections are won by what Trump won by 70,000 votes. He's getting 20 to 30 million guaranteed votes for the Democrats. He doesn't need you anymore. You just played yourself ridiculously. You'd have had way more political power if Trump had been reelected. But you handed everything over to Biden, didn't you? You idiots. <laughs> and now it's, oh, he's not returning my calls. <laughs> <laughs> like some retarded woman with a hot body who gets some alpha stud to have sex with her. Oh, he must really care about me. He's not returning my calls. Well, because you gave him the only thing that he wanted. He doesn't, he's not coming back to you for it. And, and so they gave Biden the mandate and the power to legalize all of the new voters for the Democrats. So they don't, he doesn't need any of the coalition at all that got him elected. And that's why he's telling the 
union leaders to take a long walk off a short pier, right? That's why he's literally, you can see the chai run on, on the, I think it was CNN. Oh, too bad you lost your job on the Keystone Pipeline, but hey, you, you, just go get another job. Apparently, learn to code is the thing you can say again. I just, yeah, just go get another job. I don't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what you want anymore because you gave him the keys to the kingdom. He got everything he wanted from you. They got the Senate. They got the House. They got the presidency. They can push through amnesty. He's not going to take your calls, leftists, union leaders, feminists, environmentalists. He doesn't care what you want anymore because he's not an idiot. You're an idiot. And listen, if you're an idiot compared to Joe Biden, <laughs> he can just do whatever he wants, right? So you can see this, right? You got this tweet up here, right? And um, the United Association of, what was it? Some union. We don't sit on the sidelines at the UA. That's why we're endorsing, endorsing Joe Biden on infrastructure, energy, retirement, security, and union rights. Joe will make sure UA members have a seat at the table and it'll help us with more work and good wages and benefits. Because, you know, when it comes to fixing the economy, you want to go to a career politician, not a guy who actually built multi-billion dollar empires, right? And, uh, yeah, now they're, uh, now they're mad, right? Now they're saying, we will keep fighting for Keystone XL in any infrastructure project that creates good jobs for the brothers and sisters of the United Association. Make sure members have a seat at the table. He's not taking their calls. He's not, he's not going to take their calls. Pipefitters Union, is it? Yeah, yeah, just a bunch of people. They're like, I can't believe it. We got played. So no, you played yourself. You gave him 20 to 30 million new votes. He doesn't need you anymore. It, it's like trying to verbally abuse an employee who just won the lottery <laughs> take this job and shove it i ain't working here no more all right um let's get some other stuff up here uh oh this is just a little fun one for me uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll find it interesting I, I hope you will i hope you will right so this is just a little fun one for me um <laughs> i used to know how to use a keyboard like rick wakeman but not anymore apparently Ooh, there's a 70s prog rock joke. Yes, Lauren Wolf. Arr! She got toasted, baby. Toasted. She says, uh, she, she was like, oh, there's no such thing as cancel culture. you got to be kidding me. Cancel culture, that's not a real thing. And if anyone is canceled, they're all a bunch of fascists anyway, right? Anyway, so Lauren Wolf worked uh, as an editor, I think, for the um, New York Times. And uh, she talked about, Having chills, <gasps> chills of excitement. Not as bad as Chris Matthews' pre-cum running down his leg when he thought of Obama, but she uh, she got canned because she was clearly not objective when it came to politics. And I guess they wanted to keep the pretense of objectivity, or maybe they wanted to get rid of her for some other reason. But Lauren Wolf, she got canned by the uh, New York Times, canned like Charlie the Tuna, and then. She says, hard to fathom all the talk of cancel culture on my timeline while I'm left without an income during a pandemic. I'm not an ideology. I'm a hardworking person who can no longer pay her bills. <laughs> well, the New York Times wrote about me. I, I was uh, three times, three pictures of me above the fold on the Sunday New York Times, whole articles about how I radicalized 
a young man into getting a girlfriend and a job. But, you know, his girlfriend was Christian, and I guess the New York Times really doesn't like that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, she's not an ideology, you see. But you see, the New York Times was very happy to cancel other people. Um, guess what? I'm a philosopher. I'm not an ideology either. And I was left with less, much less of an income during a pandemic. Yeah, but you see, now it's it's personal to her, right? It matters to her. It's personal to her. For other people are just, you know, evil people to be canceled. But the moment it happens to her, it's just terrible. Terrible, you see. I got my heart where I'm a real person. Like, yeah, like, well, once you dehumanize others, right, then you get dehumanized yourself and... It's just sad, sad to watch this. Uh, sad to watch this happen. And it's also sad that she doesn't learn anything, right? She doesn't sit there and say, oh, my gosh. So now this is what I did participate in doing to other people. I assume she did. I know the New York Times as a whole did. Um, so she doesn't sit there and say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I participated in this kind of stuff. It really is harsh. It really is bad. You don't get an appeal. You don't get a say. You're just reduced to a one-dimensional thing and killed economically for no reason. I've learned something. I, I repent. Like, that would be an admirable story arc as opposed to, no, I'm a person, I can't pay my bill. And she's got no insight as to what she or the New York Times as a whole participated with regards to others. No insight, which means nothing was learned, as it so rarely is, which means the New York Times obviously hires people who uh, know nothing, who learn nothing, and can't, can't figure anything out of any import, right? Uh, is this true? I don't know. I don't know. Biden was on that conference call with black leaders and told them, don't expect any executive orders for black people, that everything would have to be done through Congress then got in there and bust out like 50 executive orders on day one. Eh, maybe that's true. Is it true? I don't know. I don't know if it's true. It would not be too shocking. I think there was a fake tweet from BLM. Like, I think we may have just got played by the Democrats. Um, and congrats to Candace Owens, by the way, once I'm thinking of people complaining about being played by the Democrats. Um, so, you know, when politics, like the whole point of politics, political indoctrination is to have you not connect political decisions to real-world impacts, right? That's really, really important, right? So you may have seen this, right? There's all the reasons why I'm not doing politics, right? So um, I'm sorry, this is going to be probably pretty, pretty small, but, you know, it's slightly better when it's sort of read out, right? So I think this woman, uh, let me just bring it up here so I can see it properly. Oh, yeah. Jeremy just called and yelled at me. He said everyone on the job side are freaking out, thinking they're going to lose their jobs. He's blaming me for voting for Biden. You know, I hated the way Trump acted. Is it true that Jeremy could lose his job? I think that's her husband, right? Uh, okay, first, I'm sorry Jeremy is more than likely losing his job. Without the pipeline and fracking, Biden just destroyed the oil industry, which will domino into many other industries in America, and we will be paying foreign countries for oil, so it's about to get really expensive. This is just flat-out common sense. I'm going to be honest with you, though. You voted for this. I didn't. And neither did Jeremy, but we will be suffering. I'm so sick of the Trump is mean BS. The man built a great economy, but your hurt feelings got in the way of you researching the truth. You let Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper lie to you every damn night into some unicorn utopia of complete garbage. I do have some good news for you. You now get to pick your pronouns on the White House website. So maybe after choosing your correct pronouns, you can ask Biden how you're going to put food on your table. I'm also keeping my fingers crossed that Apple will soon release the Biden-Harris iTunes playlist because that will keep you warm at night. <laughs> right, it's just real effects, right? You voted for Biden and you got to feel good about that. But uh, take what you want and pay for it is a rule that even the gods themselves cannot interfere with, right? Take what you And don't stand between people and the consequences of their actions. Do not stand between people and the consequences of their actions. You don't have to rub their faces in it. 
You don't have to post the Joker memes. You get what you ever deserve, but you don't stand. Don't don't hide from them. Yeah, you voted for this. You know, Biden is now allowing for any man who identifies as a woman to go in and compete with uh, women. You know, the fastest female runner, fastest female sprinter, she's won more medals than Usain Bolt. I can't remember her name. Fastest female sprinter. Do you know that she could be beaten by approximately 300 high school boys in America who have better times? Oh, Candace? Yeah, she had a she had a baby. She had a baby. So, yeah, when people around you, if they don't like this kind of stuff, and it's so funny because people are blaming Biden. <laughs> people are blaming Biden for the fact that um, men identifying as women are going to destroy female sports. It's not Biden's fault. It's not Biden's fault at all. Women voted Biden in. It's, it's amazing just how much we excuse, avoid, and skim over female responsibility. The only reason that Biden got elected is because women voted for him. Women voted for Biden 25% more than voted for Trump, right? Since women outnumber men, live longer than men, women out. So whoever, right? So if you want to look at Biden, Biden is a female candidate, right? So people are like, I can't believe, like they're blaming the man for the actions of 100 million women, <laughs> 100 million women voted this guy in. He said he was going to do this. And suddenly, somehow, it's Biden's fault that 100 million women voted for him, right? (laughs) It's hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious. No. Listen, girls, I'm sorry that your sports are going to get destroyed. I really am. I think it's terrible. I think it's terrible. And you got to go to your mom and say, Mom, did you vote for Biden? And if she did, it's like, well, you destroyed my chances of getting a scholarship. And, of course, it's all part of the program to just make sure that women don't exercise so they stay unattractive. So it's all about depopulation, right? It's all about just keeping the population from increasing, uh, in particularly in the high IQ parts of society. So it's just about making sure that women stay as unattractive as possible and uh, keeping them out of sports is uh, yeah, it's a pretty good way of doing that, right? Make sure that uh, they get too uh, overweight to, uh, um, well, to be fertile. A lot of uh, obesity is, is pretty bad on, on fertility, right? So, yeah, so it's, uh, don't, don't stand between the, 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 what people do right? And, and the consequences of their, their actions, right? So the Biden regret, you know, it's kicking in. And I'm just, look, this is why I'm not doing, I'm, this is, it sounds like I'm talking about politics. I'm not. And this is why I'm not doing politics. So this is also predictable. People voted for it and now they're upset that it's happening, right? Jen Perelman. My biggest fear of a Biden presidency was foreign policy. In just three days, he's authorizing troop escalation in, Iri- in Iraq and Syria. I did not vote for this. Did you? Has corporate media mentioned this? Is your rep funded by the mic like mine? I don't know what the hell that means, right? So Joe Biden is a swamp creature. He's part of the military industrial complex. Remember he said that they were going to all be out of Afghanistan by 2014? Trump was the first president in decades, in decades, to not start a fucking war, okay? Trump was the first president. I mean, the war, America has been like friendly neighbors to the north and south, giant oceans to the east and west. If there's one goddamn country that should be able to live in peace, it should be America. America has been at war for all but about four or five years of the entire history of the goddamn country, okay? So, I mean, if you want to see true sociopathy, in my opinion, at work, you watch how Joe Biden led the lynching of Justice Clarence Thomas, well, to prevent him from becoming justice because he was conservative, right? Brutal. So, of course, he's pro-war. Businessmen tend not to be pro-war because it interferes with trade. 
politicians tend to be pro-war and the media tends to be pro-war because all they sell is fear porn to have you whack off on cortisol for the rest of your life until you die prematurely. And so, yeah. So a vote for Biden was a vote for war. A vote for Trump was a vote for... Look, Hillary Clinton was threatening Russia. She was threatening Syria. She threatened to escalate in Iraq. I mean, Hillary Clinton would have had at least three wars going within six to 12 months of taking office. So a vote for Trump was a vote for at least cross your fingers an anti-war candidate, which he turned out to be. So, yeah. I mean, I wish I could take the people who voted for this warmonger and take them and fly them out and, and have them attend the funerals of all the people who's going to bomb. Like Obama dropping 100,000 bombs on the Middle East, right? Now you've got the ISIS resurgence. You've got China, of course, incurring, incurring into Taiwanese airspace with military aircraft. Of course, putting more and more political pressure on Hong Kong to stop being an example of what freedom looks like for the Chinese. Yeah, blood on your hands, man. Blood on, oh, military industrial complex, MIC. Yeah, all right, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, uh, people are absolutely shocked that uh, this is happening. Oh, yeah, let me show you this. Do you remember when it was just terrible to suggest uh, learn to code to people, right? And of course, you can't even learn to code these days because the H-1B visa program is just bringing all the foreign coders in to produce terrible software. Um, all right. Alliance for Diabetes. Congratulations to President Biden. Ah, HHS freezes rule targeting community health centers drug discounts. Alliance for Diabetes. I'm really saddened by the fact that the price of insulin is really shooting up in America. It's a life-saving hormone. If people can't afford it, how are they going to survive? Get what you vote for. You get what you vote for. Now, I mean, this was a rule that was going to come into effect, and Biden, of course, has frizzed everything to do with Trump, so it may not be permanent, but uh, kind of uh, kind of important, right? Uh, a lot of people think Kamala would be president because Biden will step down. What do you think? Yeah, certainly a possibility. All right, so here's, you know, let's let's drop into COVID land for just a second here. Uh, because I thought this was pretty telling, right? Pretty telling. Um, teen cleaner who worked at Ontario long-term care home dies after getting COVID-19. Dun-dun-dun! Sounds terrible. Oh, my gosh. Is presidency is already a disaster? No, it's not. No. <laughs> the, the purpose is to destroy the remnants of the free market. The purpose is to destroy the remnants of, of capitalism. And... That's not a disaster. It's like, you know, if, if, you're, if you want to tear down a building and you hire a wrecking crew and they start hitting the broken up building with hammers, you say, oh, my gosh, this is a complete disaster. They're breaking down the building. It's like, no, that's the purpose. Come on. You got to. Right. All right. So teen cleaner who worked at Ontario long-term care home dies after getting COVID-19. Oh, no, that's terrible. Now, it's very sad, of course, that someone died. But uh, Yassine Dabé is believed to be the youngest person with COVID-19 to die in London, Ontario, and among the youngest in Canada. <sighs> Ooh, how interesting. Anybody want to tell me what's kind of funky about those, those headlines? Anybody? Come on, you guys know this stuff by now, right? I remember reading this like, hmm. Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? No? All right. Dies after getting COVID-19. Ah, 
did he die of COVID-19? I don't believe they say that. What else do they say? To die with COVID-19, to die with. Oh, isn't that interesting? He died with COVID-19. What does that mean? So, of course, you know, you go through, blah, blah, blah. Uh, nonsense, nonsense, blah, blah, blah. They're not doing any... Um, they're not doing any interviews. Out of respect for their loss of grief, we're declining to interv any interview or statement requests at this time. Why? Why would they? Because they're announcing it. So clearly they want people to know. So why on earth wouldn't they give any interview or statement requests at this time? Out of respect for their loss and grief, we already told them that he died. It's all over the place that he died. Like none of this makes any particular sense, right? So, he says, some guy says, it's rare for anyone in that age bracket to die of anything, let alone COVID-19, the disease caused by the novel coronavirus. Flurry of sympathy. Yeah, of course, sympathy, very sad that he died, right? So, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, nobody reads this far down, right? Nobody reads this far down, right? Oh, first responders, blah, blah, blah. Now, now I guess they have to say this, but this is interesting, right? In its reporting, the health unit does not make the distinction between people who die from COVID and people who have COVID and then die. Ooh, that seems like a fairly important distinction <laughs> when you get right down to it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So... That's asked if there were other factors that may have contributed to the death. Summer said, I'm not able to share any of that, unfortunately. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why? Why can't you share it? Why? Seems pretty fucking important to share that information because people are freaking out thinking, oh, my God. Almost nobody has died under the age of 60 of corona. But here's a 19-year-old who died of COVID. That's terrifying terror. Oh, my. Right. People are freaking out. Why wouldn't you share any other factors that may have contributed to this person's death? Why? Is it for privacy concerns? No, because you already said they had COVID. So you've already broken whatever health privacy they had. Oh, it's so pathetic. Such liars. Oh, technically, we didn't say he died. Come on, everybody knows, right? Everybody knows. Everybody knows the good guys won. Oh, good guys lost, right? Now, let me just give you something to compare this to, right? Let me give you something to compare this to, right? We don't know the time frame between getting COVID and this person dying, right? We don't know. Was it a day, a week, a month? I don't know. We don't know what they died of. We don't know anything other than they had COVID at some point and then they died. Did they get hit by a bus? Did they overdose? Did they have a heart attack for some reason? Did they have some genetic disorder that we don't know about? Did they, who knows? Was it gang violence? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But um, doesn't stop anybody from creating these associations. So let's go back to this for a sec, right? Now, I want to imagine this, right? 
So imagine that this teen cleaner had gotten a vaccine, right? Teen cleaner who worked at Ontario Long-Term Care Home dies after getting COVID-19 vaccine. Ooh, would that be slightly different? Now, what if he died of uh, suicide? What if he died of an overdose? What if he died because he was hit by a bus? What if he died from some, right? Just put the word vaccine after, right? After getting COVID-19 vaccine. Isn't that interesting? Now, have you ever seen that? Because without a doubt, some people have died after getting the vaccine. I think lots of people in Denmark have seen that, right? But certainly some people are going to die after they get the vaccine. Will it be reported that so-and-so died after getting the COVID-19 vaccine? No. Won't be reported at all. Oh, the fear they need. The fear they need. How vile. And the National Post, believe it or not, is kind of like on the right. At least it used to be uh, in, in Canada. But... Um, yeah, people's levels of terror regarding this stuff is vastly out of proportion to the risks that they face. Now, don't get me wrong. COVID-19 is a nasty thing, man. And it's pretty bad as far as uh, what can happen in terms of long-term effects and so on. A friend of mine got it and had breathing difficulties for months. And uh, it's pretty it's pretty tough, right? But yeah, just not getting any, any facts about any of this stuff, right? It's just fear, fear, fear. Unfortunately, fear is just the big motivator for human beings. And it's really, really brutal uh, how much we respond to fear and uh, just terrible, just terrible stuff. All right, so I've got one or two more things to say. We'll get to another couple of cues. But, yeah, so I'm not covering politics. There's no politics anymore. There's no political wrangling. There's no political negotiation. There's no political influence. Pressure groups have all evaporated in their authority over the president and over Congress and over the Senate. Nothing matters anymore because... The Dems are getting 20 to 30 million free voters. It's all over. It's, it, like, as far as politics, it's no longer interesting. Like, you can, you can cover sports teams that are somewhat equal in their possibilities. That's kind of interesting. But there's no, there's no tension in American politics anymore. This is like watching a professional sports team go up against a bunch of girl guides and trying to be excited about what happens. I mean, I guess you could pretend to be excited about what happens, but uh, I don't really know why you would bother, right? It's not interesting. It's not interesting anymore. And uh, it's become so, I'll turn this off, right? It's become so sad and pitiful these days. Uh, I don't know, this gingerhead woman who's now the press secretary. I don't even know what her name is. She's so forgettable. But um, she's got one of these annoying, you know, just little smiles. That's such a great question. You know, little half smiles that invites you into this uh, deranged world where everything's positive. But uh, one reporter was like, is Joe Biden going to keep the color scheme that Trump had on Air Force One? (laughs) It's so great that we've got female reporters just, you know, pushing back against every stereotype by asking decor questions. And, of course, the the woman, the press secretary, Biden's press secretary, she's like, that's such a great question. (laughs) It's so bad for the republic. It's so bad. But, you know, it doesn't matter anymore, right? It doesn't matter anymore. So um, so I have one other question here. Oh, what do we got here? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's do this one. Copy this link. Copy link? Yeah, I'll throw this one up. This is worth mentioning, right? So, yeah, of course, saying that Trump didn't... Does, Trump doesn't have a plan, man. There's no plan. Trump doesn't have a plan. Um, for, and then saying, well, there's no way we could do anything to affect the pandemic. I mean, that, that's not possible, right? That's not going to... That's not a thing. We can't do anything to control this pandemic. And watching Newsom open up in California is also particularly hilarious. It is truly hilarious, right? Because um, so Newsom is opening up all, all the Democrats. Like now that Trump is out of office, they can all open up the economy again, right? Because basically shut down the economy to punish Trump, to punish Trump supporters, to win the election. That's part of how the election was scammed, right? Um, I mean, as far as election fraud goes, I don't know, a bunch of lawsuits against Giuliani because uh, he, from Dominion voting machines, I think they filed a $1.3 bill against Giuliani. They've, they've got one against Sidney Powell and so on because of the claims of uh, manipulability of, of the Dominion voting machines. So, but yeah, I mean, the election was scammed. I mean, you got you got suppression of the Hunter Biden story. You got deplatforming of of people who are critical of of the left. You have uh, um, laws passed according to Senator Rand Paul unconstitutionally, uh, and you got uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, right? But uh, um, but yeah, so shutting down the economy uh, to punish Trump uh, and then reopening up the economy as the result of Biden getting elected. So people say, oh yeah, I remember when Biden got elected, the economy got a lot better. <laughs> it's a total scam, right? So uh, this is back from Joe Biden back in the day. Trump further diminished the U.S. in the eyes of the world by expanding his travel ban. This new African ban is designed to make it harder for black and brown people to immigrate to the United States. It's a disgrace and we cannot let him succeed. It's really, really bad to see what he did. Now, now, just in, President Biden expected to impose travel ban Monday for most non-U.S. citizens traveling from South Africa, two White House officials say. Biden is also expected to reinstate restrictions affecting travel from the U.K., Ireland, and parts of Europe. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's so funny. At this point, what are you going to do, right? I mean, you laugh or you cry, right? And um, all of that, right? So, yeah, Charlie Kirk, uh, nice guy, a uh, little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a hack. Doesn't talk about important stuff. But anyway, I thought this was uh, kind of interesting. Um, let's put this up. Uh, right. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Um, oh, was it this one? Oh, yeah, uh, Joe Biden back. This is March 12, 2020. A wall will not stop the coronavirus. Come on, man. Banning all travel from Europe or any part of the world will not stop it. This disease could impact every nation and any personal planet. We need a plan to combat it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to reinstate COVID travel restrictions. So uh, <laughs> a wall won't stop it. Oh, isn't it funny after the capital invasion, right, how quickly they found out that walls worked um, <laughs> with this kind of stuff? But we've got to put walls up, man. We've got to put walls up. Uh, did I get the wrong one here? Oh, yeah, here we go. Sorry, let me get the other one here. Charlie, Captain Kirk. Dun, dun, dun. What do we got? It's been a while since I've done this uh, kind of wrangling of uh, live video. It's, it's fun. It's more fun than doing it. Just a rake show, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the day Joe Biden was sworn in, America had the highest single one-day death total. Two days later, Washington, D.C. decided to reopen indoor dining. Three days later, Chicago decided to reopen indoor dining. Democrats killed thousands of small businesses, and it was never about the virus. Well, of course not. Small business owners have to deal with reality. You don't have a lot of political pull, so they tend to be free market people. 
Of course, of course. Uh, Native American tribes are outraged by Biden's far-left wing policies, right? But these are the same Native American tribes who complain that the, the restrictions of oil and mining is, an, is, is, a, is bad for their sovereignty, but they all voted for him anyway. It's like, good Lord. Oh, it's just funny. Um, yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen this kind of stuff, right? So, you know, all the lockdowns, you know, you had to have to happen. Keep people safe. The lockdowns had to happen. You had to close restaurants. You had to close everything because, you know, it was really dangerous. People were going to die, I tell you. Going to die. Uh, but now, uh, what's happening, right? Well, uh, it's a Biden miracle, right? Uh, Governor Pritzker's health team officially gave the green light Saturday for restaurants and most bars across Chicago and suburban Cook County to invite customers back inside for indoor service. Indoor dining at restaurants in Michigan will resume on February 1st, Governor Gretchen Whitmer announced this morning. D.C. restaurants can reopen for indoor dining at limited capacity Friday, the mayor says. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's amazing. Apparently, Biden is the, is the vaccine. <laughs> right? Biden is the vaccine. Biden is the vaccine. What can I tell you? Right. Uh, let's let's dip back in again to, uh, um, you know, all this cancel culture. Like when leftist people were canceled, uh, I complained about it, too, because, you know, this uh, shutting people up, deplatforming de them, destroying their income and reputation. It's not an argument, right? It's not an argument. Um, Lauren Wolf, back in August. It's hilarious, this refrain of cancel culture, as if it is actually anything. Virus jobs? Nah. That's why because he's saying, why are people losing their jobs, right? So uh, there's, no, there's no such thing as cancel culture. March, cancel culture, laugh out loud. And then, dun, 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 23rd, I guess some friend of hers wrote, I'd highly recommend signing up. Will was sacked by the blah, 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 who clearly don't know better than to give in to bullies for making it a quite funny and obviously non-literal joke. Their loss, the world's gain, it's going to be one of the more interesting reads around. <laughs> Um, Josh Scharrer, uh, who has his pronouns there, said, A lot of people want to pitch in financially to support Lauren and Moose right now. I'm sharing her Venmo here for those who are eager to help. It's blah, 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 right? And she said, I feel extremely weird sharing this, but somehow you are incredible people that keep asking for a way to help. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who is complaining that a politician lied to them, I don't even know what to say. And people are complaining because Biden said, you know, the first thing we're going to do is get those $2,000 checks out to people. And now it's, what, maybe 600 bucks now, maybe 1400 bucks down there. And people are like, give us the money. Give us the money, man. Give it. We voted for you. Give us the money. <laughs> it's going to be inexplicably delayed, right? I mean, this just, what do you say about, you know, so the Douglas-Lincoln debates, right? They would debate for three hours plus at a time back in the 19th century. And candidates would speak sometimes for 60 minutes, 90 minutes straight. Can you imagine that happening now? People, you can see, gosh, who was it? Some leftist actually was talking about this. I mentioned this on the show years ago. You can see the level of complexity of presidential speeches just going down and down and down in the great dumbing down of the modern world, right? People are just getting, that's why it's so cool that we have this high IQ place to talk about real real and true things, right? So, 
It's been delayed to March. Yeah, of course, right? Of course. And it's so funny. There's so people openly saying, I voted for Biden to get my $2,000. I voted for Biden to get my $2,000. And, and this is what the second impeachment is all about, right? So the second impeachment is to keep people distracted by focusing them on Trump, right? You know, because the, the media is like, Trump was so terrible. We're so glad he's gone. Man, worst guy ever. I'm so glad he's gone. Oh. Hey, what's Trump doing at the moment? <laughs> they got nothing to say. So they, they want to keep the impeachment thing going so that they can keep the focus on Trump and keep everyone enraged at the ogre that they created and, and pretended to, to hate so that they can not um, actually have to deal with things, right? So, all right, uh, listen, uh, another couple of questions or issues I'm happy to hear. If you uh, want any other sort of comments and questions, run through the big chatty forehead. The mainstream media literally banned all foreign political questions at the debate because that's Biden's strong suit, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all, it was all nonsense, right? Steph, isn't female sports useless past a certain age? Why spend the youth engaging in useless competitions instead of homemaking slash family? Um... No, no, female sports is not useless at all because, so, I mean, you know how beauty works, right? So beauty is the exception that shows status, right? So when there was very little food in society, then women who were slightly overweight were considered sexually desirable because to be underweight was to be relatively less fertile and to be overweight meant that you had regular access to excess food, which was high status, right? In the same way for men, when most men worked outdoors and worked with their bodies, then being thin and pale was a value for men, right? Now most men work indoors, so being buff and tanned which is you, you can afford leisure to go and tan and you can afford a gym membership and you have the self-discipline to go work out. So the exception that shows status is the key, right, to, to finding a high-quality person, at least potentially. It's, not, it's sufficient but not, it's necessary but not sufficient for a high-quality person. So a woman who is an athlete shows self-discipline, shows a dedication to a worthy goal, shows that she can compete without being universally hated, uh, shows that she can be tough and then be friendly to competitors afterwards, which shows a certain amount of emotional maturity. I mean, I played a lot of sports when I was younger. I was on the water polo team. I was on the swim team. I was on the cross-country running team. I played tennis uh, in competitions and uh, soccer really recreationally and uh, I did a lot of sports when I was younger, and I did fairly well at, at some of them. I was pretty good at tennis. I came in, I think, seventh in Ontario in swimming, which was not too bad for a kid who came from a welfare home and never really had time to practice. So, no, sports is very useful in terms of figuring out who's got some self-discipline, some self-control, some deferral of gratification, some IQ points to spare, and it's a good thing, right? So I think uh, female sports, plus, you know, if you, a woman who exercises – is going to be a better partner, for sure. I mean, a mate who exercises, because if you don't exercise, you know what happens, right? Your, your bones get soft, your joints get sore, you, you can't do physical stuff, you tend to gain weight, you get flabby, unattractive, and you just need to exercise. Look, I'm no, I'm no buff god by any stretch of the imagination, right? But, you know, it's a pretty firm arm muscle for uh, 
I'll be 55 this year, right? Uh, I weigh less now than I weighed when I was 20. So, you know, you got to stay exercisey, right? I can play, keep up with my daughter. I can play in playgrounds. I can run upstairs. I can play tennis for an hour. I can uh, all of this kind of stuff. And again, I'm no buff fit god or anything like that. But, you know, you got you to gotta stay. So people who've got exercise habits, they're much more pleasant to grow old with. Um, and they're much more pleasant to raise children with. You know, the number of times my daughter and I, it's become kind of like a running joke when we go to a park or we go to a play center back when you could, the indoor ones. It was always the same damn story. You got these chubby women sitting on their phones while often their only kid is wandering around some play center bored out of his gourd. Right? And I was the dad who was in there and organizing games, and I still do that, right? Organizing games, making sure everyone's having a good... I was worked in a daycare, so it's kind of second nature for me, right? And I love kids as a whole. So it's really bad to raise children with someone who doesn't exercise. So if you have a female athlete, uh, she gets the value of exercise, and um, that's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. And you know, gosh, growing old with people who, I mean, you want you want a balance, right? Like, it's crazy. If you over-exercise, like, professional athletes are miserable in their own bodies, right? I mean, they, they spend maybe three or four weeks a month not dealing with some nagging perpetual injury and, and trying to solve it and ice it and whatever, ultrasound it and, and stuff, right? So too much exercise. I mean, a friend of mine who's older, he played volleyball really hard when he was younger and had to have his knee replaced later on because he just mushed it up, right? So, yeah, you want some kind of thing, sort of happy mean, some Aristotelian mean when it comes to exercise. Too much exercise and you're wrecked when you get older. Too little exercise and you're wrecked when you get older. So you want someone who's got some commitment to exercise because, you know, the last third of your life, it kind of sucks if you don't keep up an exercise regime because you just can't rely on the coasting of youth, right? So let's see here. Biden snapped and got angry at one reporter who pointed out that the one million uh, vaccinations a day was already in place under Trump. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. And, you know, I don't work for you. He snarled at someone who was not a supporter of his. Right. Like, yeah, it's, he's really, really clear. Really, really clear. Are you going to do all Magel streams? <laughs> well, I don't really know. What is an all Magel stream? I do not know. I'm guessing with the communists in the White House, fat women will become popular again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the promotion of fat positivity is um, uh, just a way, again, you got to focus on this. You know, there's a lot of people in power who want to reduce the human population to 500 million right, around the world. That's a significant reduction. So one way that you do it, of course, is you, well, you promote promiscuity because promiscuity just destroys female capacity to pair bond. And thus it becomes too dangerous to marry women. And therefore you don't have kids uh, with them. You promote obesity because obese women uh, are relatively undateable and certainly often unmarriable. And even if they do get married, their excess weight wrecks their reproductive system. Uh, and so infertility becomes kind of a, a thing, right? So, And of course, what you do is you go to women and you talk about the evil patriarchy so that women lose their natural love for and positive view of men. And so they're too terrified of the patriarchy uh, to submit to a man. And then they tell women, you can't trust men. You've got to have a career. You've got to, you've got to keep working because if the man, he might just kick you out on your ass for a younger model. First wives club style, right? So you've got to keep working. And then men look at that and say, Jesus, age Christ, I saw my dad do that. I'm, this is not me, right? I barely saw my dad, right? But what they do, sorry, itchy nose. 
um, they look at their dads and they say, oh, yeah, no, I saw that. Oh, man, that was terrible. Mom was out working all the time. I came home to an empty apartment. I got into all sorts of trouble. Uh, I got lonely. I became a porn addict. I played too many video games. I got involved in drugs and promiscuity. I had no parental supervision. That sucks. So you convince women to work so that marriage becomes much less attractive to men because it becomes way too complicated. And then your kids end up like Kellyanne Conway's kid, right? Uh, that's no good. That's no good. So there's a whole bunch of things that they do to try and keep the population levels down. Unfortunately, it tends to work with the smarter people a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, what would you do if your daughter wanted to watch a violent slash sexual movie at a young age? Um, I, no. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what to say. No. So, I mean, look, if you want, so parental authority comes around parental preference, right? And what I mean by that is that if she enjoys her company with you, then she's going to want to seek out to do things with you, right? Obviously, right? So there's nothing that my daughter's into that I don't also engage with. So I play Among Us with her. Um, I um, She likes watching uh, this sort of little AFV sort of funniest move. So I'll watch those with her again, make sure. And, and the fact that she will want to watch those with me, because watching something that's funny is always better when there's somebody else laughing, which is why they put laugh tracks into shows and why comedians telling jokes to one person never seems funny, right? So just have your kids enjoy doing things with you and they won't be off doing things on their own, which you can't, quote, supervise, right? So, uh, Will you be signing up at Trovo? I only bought lemons here to give to you and now I can't even do that. Yeah, it's pretty sad, right? Uh, I, I will check that out. Would you ever debate a Q believer? Um... I don't know. That's a very interesting idea. Let me let me mull that over. Send me a couple of suggestions, and I'll I'll have a look at it. Um, let's see here. Why do some atheists argue that if God exists, then He would be responsible for awful things such as children dying and starvation? Uh, so the big question, of course is whether and oh gosh, I asked this way back at the beginning of my entire podcast called Power of Virtue, a love story. Do we worship God because God is virtuous, or do we worship God because God is powerful? So if we, and most people would say, of course we worship God because God is virtuous. Okay, so then we would say, is God subject to the same morals that he applies to human beings? That's an interesting question, right? Is God subject to the same morals that he commands to human beings? That's an interesting question. If we say, no, God is not subject to the moral standards he applies to human beings, then we say, okay, then he's something other than good as we understand it. Because if the moral standards for us are X, and God is not bound by the moral standards of X, then he's something. But he's not good in the way that we would understand it, because he is not subject to his own moral rules. He can disobey his own moral rules and somehow still be good. That means that there's a second set of moral rules maybe we don't know about or whatever. Or they say, well, it's impossible for God to do anything other than be good. But then... It's kind of hard to say that God is good if it's determined ahead of time that God is going to be good. Like, if somebody's locked up in prison, we don't say, well, it's really great that you're not rampaging the neighborhood killing people. It's like, well, no, you don't have the choice to do that because you're locked up in prison. So if God doesn't have free will and can't choose evil, then God being good is not the result of a choice, and therefore it's kind of tough to ascribe that to, to being really virtuous, right? So if we say that God is good, and we know that God is good because God is subject to the same moral standards that he commands human beings to obey, well, you think of the story of the Good Samaritan. Right, so the story of the Good Samaritan 
is a man was traveling along the road and he saw somebody who'd been beaten up and was lying in a ditch by the side of the road. And rather than ride on, uh, he stopped, he bound the guy's wounds, he helped him, he got him to a hospital, and that's a good thing to do. In other words, if somebody is suffering and you have the power to alleviate that suffering, it's a good thing for you to do so. So then the question comes, well, does God know that we're suffering? Yes. Does God have the power to alleviate our suffering? Yes. God commands human beings with the power to alleviate suffering to alleviate suffering, yet God, who has the power to alleviate our suffering, does not alleviate that suffering, which means that God is not obeying his own moral rules, which, again, raises lots of challenging, complicated questions. And I am not satisfied, of, as you know, by theological explanations of virtue. Commandments are not arguments, so I'm not satisfied by theological commandments of virtue, which is why I strain just about every blood-brain muscle that I have to produce a free book proving secular ethics, which has now stood up to all criticisms of any rational depth for um, well, well, well over a decade. You can get it at freedomain.com slash books. Hmm. More refugees will flood the Mediterranean under Biden. Uh, well, of course, the more they keep killing the South African farmers, the more they're going to run out of food and the more they're going to swarm across the Mediterranean, right? My parents let me watch whatever, the American Me, The Exorcist, etc., and some of those movies scarred me for life. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Um, I still very clearly remember, I have no idea why I was in this household. I assume it's because my mother wanted to have sex with or date the, the, the guy who was in the household. But I remember being in some household and a, a little old shitty black and white TV, I must have been maybe four or five years old, and the older kids were watching a vampire movie, which was completely terrifying. Unsupervised, four or five-year-old kid. I, I still vividly remember scenes from that movie, you know, half a century later. Still vividly remember that. I remember them pounding, I think it was Christopher Lee, one of the Christopher Lee vampire movies. And I remember the holding down the vampire, pounding the stake into his chest, and I vividly remember the sort of black and white grainy 12-inch TV stuff of, of him coughing up blood and it going all over his face while he screamed and writhed, uh, dying as a van. I still remember that incredibly vividly. The hell was my mother doing letting me watch or have exposure to this kind of stuff? Well, what she was doing was trying to seduce her way into gonad-based security by banging some guy. So I hate to be harsh, but it's kind of real, right? It's kind of real. I'm an atheist, but there's things like the Big Bang that makes me wonder what created the universe. Perfectly valid uh, question, um, completely relevant to the moral questions that matter. So that's a question for physics. That's a question for physics, where the universe came from. It's very interesting, very interesting question, and the Big Bang is not proven any more than string theory. I remember reading. I used to date this woman who was an engineer. I went to Queen's University back when I was in my early 20s, I think. And I remember reading articles about superstring theory in the godforsaken hypersexual honeycomb of living in residence uh, back in the day. Not that I lived in residence, but she did. And yeah, I remember superstring theory still not proven. Um, like there's not been any medical advances that I know of that's come out of stem cell research. So yeah, origins of the universe, really, really fascinating. has nothing to do with philosophy. It's a question for physics. But no matter where the universe came from, the universe is rational, objective, logical, and consistent. No matter where the universe came from, the initiation and the use of force is evil. No matter where the universe came from, child rape is evil. No matter where the universe came from, 
rape, theft, assault, and murder are evil. You don't need philosophy. Moral philosophy, which is... Well, philosophy is about moral philosophy. Everything else can be covered by other things, other disciplines. Moral philosophy, that's where the real value of philosophy is. Philosophy is morality in its essence. So, yeah, where the universe came from, very interesting. What effect it has on rational moral philosophy in the here and now, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um... And, of course, here's the thing, right? So if you're going to say that which exists needs an origin story, then God exists, therefore God needs an origin story, and you haven't solved the problem. Isn't it so a percentage of people end up needing something like Christian values because they cannot maintain rational slash reasonable mindset? Uh, It's a lot easier to accept universally preferable behavior than it is to accept that a faceless, omniscient, omnipotent being created rules in some manner we can't comprehend for purposes we can never figure out, and we have to obey them anyway, even though they're contradictory. That's impossible to figure out, which is why religious morality hasn't solved the problem of the state. Religious morality did solve the problem Christian Protestantism. And by the way, uh, I can't think of a single white Protestant that Joe Biden has appointed to anywhere, so it's very, very bigoted, of course, anti-white, which you would expect, and certainly anti-Christian, which you would also expect. But um, Christian morality did solve the problem in conjunction with the enlightenment of slavery. But Christian morality has not solved the problem of the state. Because an authoritarian figure that imposes contradictory rules you have to obey, that being God, does not exactly go against the conception of the state as it actually manifests in society, right? Uh, I was recently listening to Jordan Peterson's podcast, and I still respect him despite his recent addiction because what he says still has truth and value. I Yeah, what did he get, Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> I guess I'm a competitive enough person that it bothered me for about 30 seconds that Jordan Peterson got Matthew McConaughey. Anyway, I just sort of wanted to point that out. So, Taxicab geometry still kills me. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Greetings from Sweden. Welcome back. Islam solved the problem of the solved the issue of the state. Uh, no, it didn't because it's a theocracy, right? Uh, how are you supposed to compete when those who initiate force always seem to win? What can I tell you? So yeah, Jordan Peterson did uh, chicken out on race and IQ, which I think is very very important. So, what can I tell you? Good morning, Stefan. Has Stefan mentioned he needs your money to keep the program viable? Well, uh, listen, I mean, your support would be very helpful. It's been a hell of a tough year and a half, Uh, two years, really. It was about two years ago I gave a speech at the European Union exposing and arguing against tech censorship and immediately started getting censored, which, you know, was obviously a fairly predictable risk, but I wanted to speak the truth anyway. (laughs) Say what you want and then... Take, take, take the consequences, right? Or say what's important and take the consequences. So yeah, freedomain.com forward slash donate. But you will notice that since the start of the coronavirus, with the one exception of uh, asking for support when I got deplatformed, I haven't done any donation pitches. Look, I know it's tough for you guys out there. I know that it's tough for people uh, economically. I know that people have been living off savings. Uh, I know that jobs have been scarce. Uh, the economy has taken a lumber of blows to the base. So please at least give me the noti- notice that I have not been pushing for financial support. It's always welcome and certainly needed, but it's not something that I'm going to push hard 
for because uh, I know it's tough for, for people out there. So Peterson released an interview with Douglas Murray today. Hmm. Yeah. There's two people I've had on the show. I had Jordan Peterson on a couple of times, had Douglas Murray on once. And um, they have... Uh, I mean, I respect both both men in, in, in many ways, but they've, they've made their choices, right? So they've said, well, I'm not going to go and do these topics because I wish to maintain a public platform. What can I say? I mean, that's a choice. Um, they circumscribed what they will talk about very seriously, very significantly. And they have done that in order to maintain access to a more public platform. What can I tell you? They're still doing good in their own way. They're still getting the truth out there uh, in many ways. It's not my choice, but it's not the end of the world, right? Ah, I was only trying to mess with one of your mods with that money request, Steph, but they don't seem to be here today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoopsie. Whoopsie. All right. Uh, Gandhi succeeded in nonviolence. What are you talking about? Gandhi succeeded? Oh, this is like, oh, yeah, this is the standard bullshit that, that you hear, right? Sorry, not that you're saying bullshit, but uh, I mean, the empire was going to end anyway. Uh, England was a very civilized I mean, why, why was there no Gandhi in Cambodia under the Khmer Rouge? Why was there no Gandhi in Russia under the communists? Why was there no Gandhi in Cuba under Castro? Why was there no Gandhi under Hitler? Hmm? That's a quick question, important question, right? Why? But they didn't care? They didn't, didn't matter to them? Why was there no Gandhi in North Korea? Because they just get dragged out and killed the moment they show their heads. That didn't happen. England had to give up the empire because England was out of money because of the Second World War, well, because of the 13-year Great Depression and then the five-plus years of the Second World War. So England was broke because there's this complete nonsense out there. I remember when I was back on Twitter and I would talk about India and people would say, ah, oh, yes, but... But, but the British only had the Industrial Revolution because they stole everything from India. It's like, ah, yes, <laughs> of course. It's the same way we only have cell phones because we stole them from the Aztecs, apparently. And so there's, there was this lie pushed by the Marxists, right, which is that all wealth arises from exploitation. So if the West is wealthy, it's because it's exploited the third world. In, in, in which case, I mean, the, the great test for that was when the West was out of money, after the end of the First World War and after the end of the Second World War, surely they should have become wealthy by exploiting their colonies. But they didn't. What they did was they gave up on their colonies because the colonies were always money losers. Of course they were. Even when you get free enslaved labor through conscription, the colonies were always money losers. A select few... It's like the, like the military-industrial complex as a whole, of which the empire is a subset. A small number of people get fantastically wealthy, the media gets to scare the shit out of people in return for eyeballs. Politicians get to call for unity while shredding their political opponents under the guise of patriotism and war. So everyone benefits except the majority, the victims, and the people who are either directly conscripted through conscription to be slave robots of death, or their money is conscripted either directly through taxation or indirectly through debt and money printing uh, to fight the war. 
So the Marxist theory that, well, the West is rich because of colonialism, well, when the, rich, when the West ran out of money after the First and Second World Wars, surely they should have regained their wealth by exploiting the colonies, but they didn't. First thing they did was give up on the colonies. It's just another way you know that Marxism is... <laughs> Boy, talk about incitement of violence, right? Talk about incitement of violence. Marxism and communism killed 100 million people plus in the 20th century alone. Less than a century, really, 1917 to the end of the 20th century, 83 years. Marxism got 100 million people killed. But apparently Jack Posobiec, quoting Jeff Bezos, who doesn't want mail-in union votes because mail-in fraud for voting is way, way too much. So you can't have an honest election with mail-in voting, says Jeff Bezos, regarding unionization at Amazon. Him quoting that, apparently that's an incitement to violence, you see. Accurately quoting Jeff Bezos about his skepticism of the integrity of mail-in voting is an incitement to violence. But having tens of thousands of Marxists preaching the Hamlet uncle poison hemlock of Marxism into impressionable youth's ears and charging them for the privilege of doing that. That's not an incitement of violence at all. At all. Oh, dear. Yeah, sorry, can't, uh, can't do the lemon thing. Uh, lemons is another reason why, right? Freedomain.com forward slash donate. The show has X tag, no donations. Yeah. Yep. Is Vietnam a good place to travel? I have never been myself. Couldn't tell you. But I bet you the food would be fantastic. I do love me some South Asian food. East Asian food, sorry. What did the average Roman do after the fall of Rome, assuming they didn't die? Well, the average Roman died, right? When Rome fell, uh, the population went from a million or two million to like 17,000 in less than a year. I mean, they all just wandered out into the countryside and tried to sell their labor and tried to live on berries and died. Don't live in the cities is my, is, is the modern mantra. All right. Any other questions? Your show is for people who want to delve deeper into these topics and their platforms help more people ease into the conversation. Yeah. Did you ever publish the interview you did on Milo's radio show? If not, why not? It was great. Uh, that was Milo's radio show. I think he put it behind a paywall. I think... I don't know. I, I didn't record it myself. Obviously, it was for my show. Do you think those in power know what's coming? If so, do they not care? Yeah, so, you know, the cycle of civilization with the state is you get a small state and therefore you get a lot of freedom. With a lot of freedom comes better economy for everyone, but heightened inequality. And then the sophists come in and say that the inequality results from exploitation and then they put in programs to forcefully transfer resources from those best able to manage them to those least able to manage them, which is why when I worked up north, you had exactly the same configuration in just about every small poverty-stricken welfare-based town of single motherhood, is you'd see the same thing. You'd see the post office, and then you'd see the convenience store, and then you'd see the beer store, right? So people would go to the post office, they'd pick up the welfare check, they'd go to the convenience store, they'd buy their snacks and cigarettes, they'd go to the liquor store, they'd buy their beer, and then they'd go home. So, yep, lottery, liquor, cigarettes, beer. The money evaporates, the wealth evaporates, right? So you get 
freedom, inequality, the sophists come in and say inequality results from exploitation, therefore we've got to take money from the wealthy or the successful and give it to the poor and incompetent. And then the poor and incompetent use that to have more kids who tend to be lower IQ, and then you end up with a vast excess of people who can't really function in a modern, increasingly sophisticated society. So then what do you normally do? Normally you go to war. And you understand war is, tragically and horrifyingly, war is an, a low IQ culling, which is why we know this for a fact, because uh, the officers tend to be kept back, the officers tend to be more intelligent, and the IQ test as a whole was invented by the military, the U.S. military in particular, to separate the wheat from the shaft, to make sure that the smarter people didn't go and get killed. And I think it's still the case that the U.S. military is not legally allowed to take anybody with an IQ of less than of 83 or less which is 10% of the U.S. population and significantly more in certain demographics, right? Because they can't find anything for people of that IQ or less to do that justifies the cost of training them, right? In fact, one of the reasons the Vietnam War was lost was because they started hiring really dumb people, uh, not hiring, conscripting or getting into the army really dumb people. They were called McNamara's morons, and uh, they just got people killed. Uh, they just they couldn't remember passwords or passcodes. They shot uh, they lit up friendlies all the time. They made too much noise. They laughed too loudly when in secret missions. They're just unintelligent. And it's not their fault. It's like being short. It not, not, doesn't mean that they're not humans. They shouldn't have every right that everyone else does. But uh, that is sort of a basic reality. So normally, the way that you cull uh, a low IQ population that comes out of a successful society, and I don't agree with any of this thing. It's absolutely terrible. But you normally, you'll go to war. But war has become obsolete because of weapons of mass destruction. And so uh, they're finding other ways. It's, uh, it's terrible. Do you believe they're pushing for global Marxism? Yeah, of course. I mean, the UN was founded by Marxists, and uh, you've got a, oh, a Marxist terrorist, I think, was, is, is now in charge of the World Health Organization. Oh, yeah, there's no question. No question of that, yeah. Amazing brains on this man. Admirable skull, too. Hmm, get your calipers. <laughs> Appreciate that. What do you think of this idea? Without a hatred for that which threatens what we love, love is an empty word, a catchphrase for cowards. Oh, love love is really important. Like, so why did I start talking about race and IQ? Because I love my daughter. One of the reasons I love my daughter, and I don't want her blamed for something that's not her fault. We need to have an intelligent conversation about these challenging issues with due consideration to everyone on every side of the issue, but without anti-white, Haiti, blamey stuff, right? It's just, it's not her fault um, at all. And so, yeah, you, you need love. And the people who don't want to talk about it, they just don't love people enough to, to do all of that. So, all right. Anything else we should mention? Do you think there is anything to the Great Reset? Uh, it seems to be talked about pretty openly among certain circles, so, yeah. I think, what do they say? By 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy? Well, at the same, I think Bill Gates subscribes to that while at the same time... He's become the biggest farmland owner in America. <laughs> Pretty funny. What is the definition of bullying? Oh, that's a very interesting question. So definition of bullying. Definition of bullying. I think it would simply be the threat of negative consequences for a lack of compliance or lack of submission probably is the better way. So it's it's altering behavior with a threat of negative consequences in return for submission. So, yeah, that to me would be bullying. Uh, and the threat could be um, 
uh, if it's physical force, then it's simply criminal behavior, right? If you're going to punch someone, that's the, the physical. But the bullying tends to be, I'm going to lower your reputation. I'm going to harm your, you know, social credit score in a in a sort of voluntary manner. I'm going to spread rumors about you, uh, or I'm going to intimidate you nonviolently in order to get you to submit, right? So. You mentioned that a friend had COVID and some long-term effect. Do you know if those are permanent or heal over time? Well, it's too early to tell, and I'm, going, I'm no doctor. I'm not giving any medical advice. My friend had uh, breathed shortness of breath for a couple of months. It seems to have resolved. And um, so uh, there, there do seem to be some COVID effects that are pretty long-lasting. And, uh, again, it's pretty early too. Uh, bullying specifically from parents, uh, well, that's just child abuse, right? Because uh, uh, so bullying in schools is abusive. Bullying in the home is abusive. Um, bullying in the workforce, you have, I mean, obviously you can leave your job. You can't leave your government school. Usually you can't leave your family when you're a kid. So where the more the control there is, the worse the bullying is. So was having a discussion with my wife about this. Where do you think gender confusion comes from? Um, listen, there are some people, I, I mean, believe this, I, I, mean, I can't say I can prove it beyond the shadow of a doubt scientifically, of course, right? I genuinely believe that there are some people who end up with a male brain in a female body, a female brain in a male body. And I think life is really tough for that kind of situation. I think we should have sympathy and we should have understanding and we should have compassion and all of these things because I think it can happen. Now, the price of that, of course, is saying there's such a thing as a female brain and a male brain. Like studies have just come out. 53 different cultures all have robust, without a doubt, not universal, but omnipresent, female preferences for occupations and male preferences for occupations, right? Men like things more, women like people more. Men like abstractions more, women like empathy more. Again, lots of exceptions, but that's a general. 53, it's one of the most robust findings in like, IQ and gender preferences for occupations. It's one of the most robust findings in all of psychology, in all of the social sciences. Well, nothing beats IQ. It's the most robust finding with more than a century of data. And so, yeah, so I, I genuinely accept that there are female brains and male bodies and vice versa. It could happen. The price of that, of course, uh, of accepting that, is that there's male brains and female brains. Because, of course, if gender was just a social construct, then there wouldn't be such a thing as a male brain and a female body and vice versa. So... You have to accept that then there are male brains and female brains. Of course, what people want to say is that there's no such thing as a male and female brain. It's all social construct, blah, blah, blah. But people can have a male brain and a female body. And fe like, you understand, it's just a massive contradiction. Contradictions don't bother the crazy, right? In fact, they, they live on it, right? How will they keep covering up the IQ question? Are you kidding me? Look at the number of people who are watching me now. They've done a pretty good job, pretty good job of it as a whole, right? And, of course, because I talked about it and got deplatformed, de people are not going to talk about it, right? Does parenting get more fun over time? Yes. There are times when parenting gets boring and then the child changes. Uh, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, parenting is, is fun in a new phase, and then that phase gets a little tiresome towards the end, and then there's another new phase that comes along that's really cool. And so, yeah, parenting is uh, it, it's a cycle, right? It's a cycle. Um, um, yeah, my, my daughter is in a very intellectual phase at the moment, which is fantastic, right? All right. Well, listen, we've had a good cozy two hours here. Thank you so much for dropping by. Such a great pleasure to chat with you guys, as always. Oh, from one of your books, how would you define vanity? Is it an excess of pride? So vanity is 
ascribing positive qualities to yourself that you have not earned, right? I have a square jaw, a pleasant face, a round head, blue eyes. I earned none of these things. I did not earn my blue eyes, which some people find attractive. I did not earn my accent. I did not earn the fact that I have a generally pleasant speaking voice. I did not earn any of these things. I did not earn my intelligence. That is mostly genetic. It's mostly genetic. Both my parents come from brilliant families, and it all sort of coalesced into little old me, and so I did not earn that. I did not earn the fact that I happened to be born relatively healthy and that I've maintained pretty good health over the course of my life with one or two minor exceptions like cancer. But So uh, there's a lot that I didn't earn. I didn't earn that I happened to be born and reach full intellectual maturity and power at a time of the greatest free speech window in the history of humanity, which is 2006 to 2016, where I got the bulk of my labor out without interference. I didn't earn that. I didn't earn that I happened to be born into countries that value free speech. It's not a theocracy. It's not a communist dictatorship or a fascist dictatorship. I did not earn that I happened to be born into a family and a culture which spoke English, which tends to be the universal language. I didn't earn any of that stuff. So if I take pride in being relatively good-looking, in having blue eyes and a pleasant-speaking voice, if I take pride in any of that, that's ridiculous. I didn't earn any of that. I can take pride in the things I have earned, which is intellectual courage, a commitment to integrity, a willingness to take the body blows to tell the truth. I can take pride in all of that, for sure. I can take pride in the fact that I recommended to tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of listeners uh, crypto and Bitcoin back in the day. Like, I can take pride in that kind of stuff. But vanity is when you take pride in the unearned. And that's not a good thing. Because if you take pride in the unearned, you're less likely to want to earn things, right? Uh, One day soon, Steph. One day more. We will have our own platform one day soon. I just hope our side will fund it when it comes. We shall see. We shall see. All right. Wonderful to chat with you guys. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. Look at that. We made it. Oh, I can make it just under two hours. Take care, everyone. See you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.